Yeah, let's roll here, buddy. World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning. I uh, don't know if you guys have picked up on this or not, but that... If you're part of this show, you're on the cutting edge, man. <laughs> we are we're on the cutting edge. I, I get up every morning. I think, Lord, what 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 are we going to talk about today? And all of a sudden, boom, there's about 15 things that pop in pop up in my head, and uh, a lot of them are how do I say this? Life coming to things we talked about a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. All of a sudden, it's cycling around because why? We're ahead of it, folks. We are ahead of the crowd here. At, Coach Dave live, and it's not that uh, that I'm, I'm so brilliant. It's that you guys send me stuff. Uh, Holy Spirit directs me to stuff, and uh, man, we are we're on the we're on the just stop. Just think back with with me if you would for a second. Think back uh, three years ago when we were standing up hard and pushing back against the COVID, against the masks, and against uh, now that's becoming almost mainstream, right? So we have a tendency to be a little bit out in front of things. And that's what makes people uncomfortable. They're not, they're not there yet. A lot of the people that you're still dealing with, there's, they're three years behind you. But they're coming, friends. They're coming. We have to trust in the Lord, which says that there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. So uh, I, be- I believe, I was, I was on with uh, Butch Paul last night. I gotta get, uh, Butch, Pastor Butch had me on last night. And he and I differ a little bit. He thinks things are getting dark. I think things are getting bright. I think lights. I think the lights coming up. I, I see more and more people being awakened to exactly what's going on. Now, what we have to do is we've got to figure out, Lord, uh, how do how do we play this thing out? What happens? How do we play it out? And is just getting together and talking about our problems? Is it you know like old people? Old people like to get around into circle. Uh-oh. That, we're not about that here. We're uh, we're about identifying what's ailing, ailing what's making us sick, and uh, doing something about it, and doing something about it. And I don't, uh, you know, I'm not. Look, I'm not patting myself on the back. I don't know of a show like that. I don't know of a show like us. And I, I uh, had the opportunity yesterday to do about four different shows. They all, they all called on the same day, say, hey, can you be on, can you be on? I'm going to be on Hagman tonight. And they're all asking the same thing. What is it you guys are doing? See, they're talking about you. They're not talking about me. <laughs> they're, they're, seeing, they're seeing the waves. You guys are creating waves. And uh, although it's not moving fast enough for me and not moving fast enough for you, uh, it's all in the Lord's timing. And it's amazing the number of people that I come across that when I – when I say things are getting brighter, that it's like they never thought about it. We are so negative conditioned. Things are only going to get worse. They're only going to get worse. And they are. They are getting worse. But look, that's good. And it's not good because it means Jesus is coming. It means it's good because until people are made uncomfortable, they're not going to do anything about it. The more uncomfortable it becomes, the greater the opposition to the standard that we're all been deal- we've all been dealing under. I, I have a I have a thing here that blew, blew me away. I'm the, let me find it real quickly. Let me find it. Randy sent this to me. It, it's an email, Spencer. Um, hang on, is it Spencer? I didn't even look who it was today. It's it's Jonathan. I won't call you Spencer anymore, Jonathan. Uh, which one is it? Where where is it? Uh, no, that's not it. Meg, Paul, it says mega churches. I got this from Randy yesterday. Folks, we're, we're on the cutting edge here. We're on the cutting edge. So, Johnny, if you can pull that up there. He's working on it. I know he is. And, folks, again, I apologize for some of you out there. We're having technical issues. If you're not able to see the screen or you're not able to watch the videos, 
look, I don't, I don't know what we can do about it. Maybe we need to switch platforms off of Google onto something, but we're going to work on that. Okay. I got this, this gospel. Can you make that? Yes. No, that wasn't it. That's not what that, you brought up the wrong. Doesn't it say mega churches, Johnny? Did I send the wrong thing to you? Uh, yeah, I, I, daggone it. Daggone it. Yeah, yeah, I see what it is. See if you don't have something. Where is it, Randy? Where'd you send that thing to me? Maybe I got to pull it up on my phone. Maybe I got to yeah, read it to you. I texted it to you. Coach. I know you did. And I tried to copy it and send it. Uh, uh, let me, um, Bear with me here. Text. That guy's name's Randy. There's Randy. Okay. Okay. Randy, text this to me, folks. Listen, listen to this. There's 1.5 million house churches in the United States. 1.5 million house churches with an average of 10 people in the house church. You do the math, that's 15 million people who've dropped out of the religious system, okay? China has 25 million house churches. India has 4 million house churches. Mega churches only make up 0.5% of attendance in America. Did you know that? The max attendance at the mega churches has gone down from 90%. They're down to about 50 9%. Christianity is no longer defined by the mega church. And that's why I try to encourage each and every one of you, even if it's only with one family, one other family, begin to fellowship outside uh, traditional, uh, how do I say it? Look I'm, not, look, I'm not trying to beat up on local churches. If you've got a good local church, God bless you. God bless you. And there are many of them out there. In fact, I was, I was, uh, uh, somebody said something to me yesterday. He said, Coach, quit using the word nobody and all. Nobody and all. Because when you say nobody's doing something about it, it discourages those who are doing stuff about it. But when I say nobody, it's a general statement that we, we, ought, to be, we ought to be doing. Won't anybody tackle that guy? That's, that's something that I would say during the course. Why is nobody playing hard when some guys are playing hard? So understand the spirit of what I say and not the literal, not literally nobody's doing something because Clay is and Betty is and Jeff is and Gene is. People are doing stuff, right? But I want to encourage you that we are, we are trying to, Lord help us. Look up uh, Spencer or Jared, <laughs> Jonathan. Look up Ichabod, Ichabod. Because I believe it's just me. That Ichabod has been written over the door of many mega churches in America. And what does Ichabod mean? John's looking it up for us. You can find it. That's the, one of the worst things that can ever happen to you is for Ichabod to be written over. And Ichabod, John, I'll have it up here in a second. I know he does. I'll tell you what it means. Ichabod, <laughs> D, put a D on the end of it. Uh, no. Okay, well, the Ichabod means the spirit has departed. Ichabod, the spirit has departed. And there's a different spirit. Remember, we're, we're warned in the book of Jude that evil men have crept in unaware and they've changed the truth of God into a lie. And they've worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. And I think I'm seeing more and more traditional Christian thought under assault. Have, has anybody out there noticed? How many people for the first time Christians are, I'm calling about, talking about Christians who are saying, wait a minute, I don't want to send any more of my money or any more of our children to defend Israel. Are you guys noticing that? Are you noticing that spirit that's out there? And as I said, we got to quit thinking about the end times and focusing on the present times. We have to take care of our own neighborhood before we can ever take care of somebody else's neighborhood. And I think that's part of the great deception that's happened in American Christianity. Uh, well, I, I, I don't want to offend anybody. Well, I don't, I'm not afraid to offend anybody, but that's not, that's not my purpose, all right? It's not my purpose. And we come here every day. God bless all of you out there. We chew on a new piece of meat. And when we walk away from here, it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with that piece of meat you just chewed on. 
And uh, anybody out there who thinks that I micromanage or thinks that you you get a better place at the table here by buttering up to me and agreeing with me, you you don't know me. You you don't know me, right? I I I receive criticism. I give criticism. Uh, Clay's not my favorite guy in the world. Chad's not my favorite guy guy in the world. Betty's not my favorite person in the world. Uh, I am no respecter of persons. The best that I can try to be. Nobody owns me. Nobody's okay. You with me, friends? So I, I'm a, I step on toes, and I don't even mean to step on toes. But the reality of it is, if we don't understand what's going on around us, we are never ever going to get it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let, let me let me see here. What am I looking for? Uh, I'm having, by the way, I'm having terrible email problems. If you guys, some of you I know are emailing me and I'm not getting them. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, put in, put this in the chat for me, uh, John. The easy, if you're going to email me, here's the best email right now to use. It seems I'm getting them. Like if you email me at coach at coachdavelive.com, I, I can't guarantee I'll ever see it. All right. So the best one is PT salt. That's the one I start with. Pass the salt. PT salt at gmail.com. That's the, that's the most likely one that I'm going to get. PT salt at gmail.com. Now I'm trying to find John, the stack of stuff I sent to you and I don't, I can't even find it. Where is it? Where is it? Did you get something from me this morning, Johnny? How come I don't have it here? There, there it is. Okay. Now I got, now I got it. Now I got it. Uh, hey, I want to make you aware of something. Uh, Click on Mary Crowley at the top. Mary Crowley. You say, who? Well, I was on the show yesterday with Mary Crowley. And uh, I'm going to be a part of an event down in, in Florida on January 2nd. Right there. Click on that. I just say this because some of you are down there would love to come. Love to come to an event. And so there you can see it's going to be, I don't know if you can make it bigger or not, Johnny. But if some of you are down there in that Georgia area or Florida, what's that? December, Michelle just yelled at me, December coach, December, she didn't, she's listening, December one and two, Champions Church, uh, hey, folks, listen to me, I'm so sick and tired of chasing after the stars, you see what, chasing after the stars, yeah, yeah, and we try to get big name Christians to draw people, and can I tell you, a lot of the greatest work's not being done by big name Christians, sorry, Sorry, including me, including me. The work's getting done by Jeff. The work's getting done by Craig Mickle. The work's getting done by Jeff Nell. The work's getting done by these other people. And I think me, us, more than anybody else, that's the focus of our ministry, to empower you to make a difference. And I don't want, I don't want people to, to say, oh, I want to go down and see Coach Dave like I'm some star. I don't, oh, I got to go see uh, Sheila Holmes there like she's some star. I want to go see Sheila Holmes for the wisdom she's going to give to me. Not, not that she's any more special than anybody else, right? And uh, I think we have to be v- really, really careful that we chase these stars around. But anyway, if we can put that link in the chat. I was on, I was on with Mary Curley yesterday. She's a, God bless her, she's a big stick. And she has an event coming up. So I wanted to make sure that, that I got that up there. Cool. What else, Coach? What else you want to do? Oh, okay. Um, I'm all over the place. All right? I'm all over the place. And you know, Bible study tonight, 7, thank you, 7, 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Tim Tuber will be will be in Romans tonight. Uh, Tim, Tim Tuber. What time is that, Glenn? 7 o'clock Eastern. Where do uh, they... Where do they find that, Glenn? Okay, so my email's in the chat. Send me an email. I'll send you the link. Awesome. Hey, Glenn, what about those people who aren't in the chat? Because we got a bunch of them who probably aren't in the chat. Yeah, so I'm waiting on Tim to get the uh, link here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can we get the link? See, this is one. This one. Yeah. It's all. It's all good. It's all good. God bless Tim for what he's working on trying to do out there, right? Hey, Johnny, while we're working on that, um, I got, I want to kind of clean, I want to clean the closet a little bit. I have some couple things here today that I've been trying to get out and just haven't had the chance to be able to do it. Uh, play for me, John, globalist agenda, globalist agenda. Um, see, we don't understand. Look, let, let me make it as simple for you as you can. 
The devil isn't after you, despite what your charismatic church has taught you. The devil isn't after you because he hates you, although he does, because you are created in the image of God. All right. The devil is after you because he's in a battle with the kingdom of God. And you are in the way. He's not after you. He's after the impact of Christ. You guys, you guys, you guys understand this? And so what he wants to do is take out the soldiers. He's not, the devil isn't sitting up there personally going after you because he hates you. If you're getting active and you're making a difference, he's after you because you are being effective in the kingdom. And he couldn't care less who you are. He wants to neuter you, right? Don't ever think what modern evangelifishism has taught us. The devil isn't after you. He's after the seed because it's the seed that will expand the kingdom of God. You just happen to be in the way. Boom. You got it? This is, this is not personal attacks from the devil, although it is. But the personal attack from the devil isn't because he's trying to, he hates you or, or he's, it is, it is, but it isn't. He's trying to make you ineffective in the kingdom. He's trying to make you ineffective in advancing the kingdom of God. Seed of the serpent, seed of the woman, two teams. Sometimes it becomes personal. Sometimes things happen to you because why? It knocks you off your stride. You go on the injured reserve list. When you go on the injured reserve list, you can't play. So the devil doesn't come after you. Spiritual forces don't come after you because it's you. He comes after you because you're being effective in the kingdom and he wants to distract you and get you off stride. But we've made modern Christianity about us. Me, my, mine. No, you're dead, man. You have died to yourself. And I was, I was thinking, I don't know about you. It's just me, okay? I hope we don't send not one American boy over to defend Israel. That's me. I hope we don't send not one American boy over there. Mm-hmm. If you send them over there, send, send Antifa and BLM. But I don't want to see one more Christian boy die for Israel. That's just me. That's my perspective on that. Okay. Now here's part of, again, here's part of it again. Why would the enemy want to destroy America? (laughs) Well, we're the progenitors of the seed. Christianity comes from America. It did at one point. It did. We were the heart of Christianity, right? And look, look how much has been stolen by, from us, by our involvement in that mess over there. I don't, I, I don't want my son going over there. I, I, I don't have, my son couldn't, he's older. I don't want my grandson. Anybody want their grandson dying? Does anybody want their grandson dying for, what's his name? Bibi Netanyahu. Anybody want their son dying for him? But see, if you say that in the American church, it's like you pass gas. I'd rather my son go and die on the border of the United States, closing down the border of the United States and protecting and defending the people here. That's what, that's what, that's where. Okay. So pull up for me. uh, uh, The globalist agenda. I just saw this this morning. I thought, boom, is this ever a boom? And I apologize to those of you out there who can't see this. Okay. I'm sorry. We'll, We'll get it figured out. Go ahead and play that. Is to eradicate humanity as we know it. Once you understand down, the final destination. What speed did I tell you to put that at, John? I'm sorry. Put it at 1.5. Start again. It becomes much easier to look back and identify the psychological conditioning, the biological tampering, the cultural grooming, and the educational prepping that we have been subjected to for decades in preparation to making us accept a post human future. It takes a lot of physical and psychological abuse to get an intelligent species like ours to agree to its own extinction. Most, if not all, that has transcended in the last 60 years was designed to get us closer to accepting such a dystopian reality. Whether you care to accept it or not, we live in a hyper-controlled matrix where our perception of reality is meticulously planned. Freeze it, folks. Seed of the serpent wants to destroy the seed of the woman. Transhumanism, transgenderism, 
what, whatever all this technology is to do what? To destroy the image of God, okay? Don't lose, don't lose sight of that. Go ahead. Managed and executed in order to control and steer us in whichever direction they wish. And the direction is a post-human world. For this, they first needed to destabilize, dehumanize, and demoralize humanity through every means possible. The destruction of the nuclear family, children being indoctrinated by the state, abortion, the eradication of God and spirituality from education, life in mega cities and away from nature, toxic food, air and water, social media, replacing real human connection and interaction, engineered financial crisis and taxation, endless wars and massive migration, stress, anxiety, depression, drugs and alcohol, constant fear-mongering, moral relativism as does that seem like anybody else to me, the works of the devil? Everything she just said, is it just me, or are those all the works of the devil? Go ahead. The new religion, and I could go on and on about how humanity has been influenced and forced to move away from all the things that give us strength, security, purpose, and meaning. A weak, immoral, disconnected, ignorant, and unhealthy population is an easy target for the next stage. The creation of an entire generation of androgynous beings. Masculinity is under attack psychologically, culturally, and biologically. Women are being replaced in sports, entertainment, and politics by men pretending to be women. And children are being indoctrinated at school to think that gender is a choice. The transgender movement is not a grassroots movement. It comes from the top. It has nothing to do with people's freedom of expression, sexuality, or civil rights. It's an evil psyop to, with a clear agenda to get us closer to transhumanism by making us question the most fundamental notion of human identity, our gender. If you don't know who you are, if you already identify as a hybrid between a man and a woman, you will be easily convinced to become a hybrid between human and machine. Gender ideology is the two plus two equals five from George Orwell's 1984 dystopian novel. It's the final test to see whether we will follow the most absurd party line towards our own extinction. But two plus two equals four. And no matter how you choose to dress, call yourself, or change your physique, we will not change that. The sad reality, though, is that in the gaslighting process to get us closer to a post-human future, they have mentally and physically harmed an increasing number of children and young people. And it's only getting worse. This must be stopped. Boom, huh? Boom. Is that, is that what we're talking about? Again, don't lose sight of the fact that the devil wants to destroy the seed of the woman. In other, though, in other words, the believer's in Christ. The devil wants no more believers in Christ. And what she, she said there that just was a real boom in my mind. She said, if she can get you to, if they can convince you that you can be transsexual, it's nothing to convince you that you're transhuman. Boom. Right? So when you're transhuman, you're no longer the seed of the woman, are you? And so if we can focus our eyes and understand that all the distractions that are going on around us, at the heart of everything that's going on, is the elimination of the seed of the woman from the society. The criminalization of Christianity, the silencing of Christianity. So if, we, if, if I was in a war, or when I was coaching football, and I noticed that they continually ran off tackle. It would tell me that they developed, they discovered a weakness in our defense. And if I'm going to stop them, I'm going to have to blitz, overload, shift, do something to stop them from doing what it is they're doing. See what our what our reaction has been. First of all, oh, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. And the second thing that we, our reaction is, well, uh, it'll all turn out in the end. What? What? So those of you who are in here and have been in here faithfully for six or seven years, six years, coming up on seven, you guys are so far ahead. You're so far ahead of the crowd. And look, you have got to somehow take what you have, what the Lord has done in you and spread it. 
That's what I was talking about the home churches, home churches of six people, home churches of, if I, I'm, I'm trying to think of myself, I was a pastor and I were to walk into a church or whatever, I've never pastored, so I'm, you know, I don't know. When I get up Sunday morning or Saturday night, when I'm preparing my message, as I'm preparing that message, what am I thinking about? I, I know that we would say, well, we're trying to please the Lord. I'm going to get a message that's pleasing to the Lord. Okay, I, I believe that. But what does that mean? What does that mean? When the job of the, of the pastor is to what? To train, equip, and mobilize the saints for the works of the ministry. So when a pastor is getting ready to prepare a sermon, is he preparing a sermon to get you more effective at the works of the ministry? Or is he preparing a sermon to get you through the day? Because those aren't the same thing, friends. Is, 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 has Sunday morning church become nothing more than a spiritual uplift? Just to, get you, just to get you through the week and come back on Sunday and get another uplifting message to make it through the week. When, in fact, it's supposed to be a training ground, equipping you for the work of the ministry. And friends, some of you are going to have to cut yourself loose from the chains of the pastor, good man that he is, that won't do anything. That's what we just read about the home churches. They're all around you, all around you. People who want to do something and they don't, they don't know what to do. And then to find out that a Christian wants to do it. Jeff Klein. He's got a car lot, and he's got 25 people coming to the car lot? What? You, you with me? There's a fire, smoke alarm's going off. My wife must be cooking. <laughs> uh, so, so, so there's a paradigm shift going on. There's a paradigm shift. And you're right in the middle of it. You're right in the heart of it, right? You're right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up a minute. I'm going to let, let, let some of you come in if you want to. I got more I want to talk about. Okay, I got more. Go ahead, Myra, quickly. Coach, thank you. In regard to the seed of the woman, it is written, John 10, 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Who's thank the thief? You. Who's the thief? The pastors? The hireling pastor. That's what it says. The hireling pastor. Keith. Trans. We're trans. We're We've trans. been trans for a little while now. That's right. I'm, I'm going to use trans for a good for a good one, huh? I'm From mortal to immortal. Say it again. From mortal to immortal. From mortal to immortal. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. By, by the way, Keith, the Bible does say that we'll be transformed, doesn't it? I rest my case, Your Honor. Johnny, Johnny, what's that? Transformed. We've done this before, but we got a lot of new people that are watching. What's Webster say transform is? Transform is changed in form or external appearance. External appearance. A metamorphosed, transmuted, <laughs> renewed. Oh, hey, I was trans I was transformed by the renewing of my mind. Right? Hey, folks, can you be transformed by the poisoning of your mind? Yeah. 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 That's right. right. See, there's where, the, there's where the spiritual battle is. Can you believe that, that the more technology increases, how stupid we've become? That we have churches believing God. <laughs> We have church-going Christians believing that an unborn child isn't a human being. We can, we can, <laughs> our medical community, they can fix about anything, but no, that's not a baby. We don't even know that's a baby. We have, a, we have Christians accepting transgenderism, accepting it. Clear-thinking human beings looking at a man and calling him a woman. That's where we are, right? You with me? You with me? And so 
the renewing of our mind is what? Taking captive every thought. When that guy says he's a woman, and I know he's a man, why would anybody agree with him? Why would anybody agree with him? Why would anybody call a woman a man? Why would anybody do that? That's part of the mental game that's going on. And unfortunately, because, remember it says in 2 Thessalonians, because we've rejected the truth, the Lord sends a strong delusion that they'll believe a lie. There's a strong delusion over our nation, folks. There's a strong delusion over the church. Why? Because we've rejected the truth. And it's like you would say to your own child, okay, you're going to do You're going to do what you're going to do. Go ahead. That's what it means when God gives you over to a reprobate mind. He says, I'm, hands are off. You're going to believe that crap? <laughs> you ain't a child of mine. Basically, is what he's saying, right? That's what we're dealing with. That's what's going on. That no one will stand up in the church anymore and call a spade a spade. Because now the most loving, caring thing you can do is be tolerant and diverse and accepting and loving. and you, Right? That's it. That, that is the wiles of the devil. It's the mind game. It's the steering away from truth. How could that possibly be? How can people believe that? How can people line up by the millions and take a jab? How can they do that? Strong delusion. Randy, come on in. So coach, who, who owns psychology? Who owns the psychological system on the earth? It's it's. It's the same people we're talking about, Coach. It, right. it evolved out of the 5th century. The Kazarians mastered. They learned how to master the psychology and how to to own people. All this Whoa. transgenderism, all of this stuff, Coach, is, is a psychological game, warfare game that they have mastered. And, and you've got all these people that are Christians, so-called Christians, who do not are not filled with the Spirit have little of the spirit in them they are no match for this system coach you have to have the spirit of god in you to see this system and to to overcome it and if you read first corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 coach it really sheds some light on you know what i'm talking about but this the natural man has no comprehension of this of the spirit of god the things of the spirit it takes but who does? It's the people who have the spirit of God in them, coach. It's us. Right. So if we don't tell the sheeple, hey, you're being sucked in, you're you're dumb, you don't even know it, then they have nobody, they have no recourse, coach. They're just they're just easy prey. They're dumb Amen. dogs. Amen. We Amen. have to keep speaking and telling them, and, and we do, but but it's grown, coach. We're we're winning. Yeah, we gotta pull them out of the fire. Gotta pull them out of the fire. But it's a spiritual battle against the psychological battle. It's a, that those two kingdoms, Coach. I want to say this: we have a spiritual kingdom in Christ by the Holy Spirit. It, the other kingdom that we're talking about—the seed of the woman against the seed of the serpent—it's two kingdoms. But that other kingdom, Coach, it's the power of it is psychological. It is not a spiritual-based kingdom. It's the power of the mind. We have to learn to be bigger and stronger because of the word of God, because of the Holy Spirit in us. We have to use those tools to be over the other system. And if we don't use those tools, we're on the same level. We can't beat them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Boom. Boom, Randy. Boom. Was it, was it, I just, as you were doing, I just pulled this up, uh, uh, John Lennon didn't he didn't he didn't he sing about mind games? Anybody remember that Beatles song? I'm looking over here right now. Mind games are in. That's it's mind games, folks. It's mind games. Okay, now y'all sitting down here, Johnny, pull up for me, Tranny Empire, and I want you to put it at about 1.5 speed because I don't want to. Hey, friends, ask yourself this: How could transgenderism have such power in America? I want you to think about that a minute. How could such a deviant, anti-human mindset gain such power in America if it's not demonically powered? So I want you to watch this real quick video. This is, this is we're not going to watch all of it, although we should, on 
the tran tranny empire tranny empire go ahead and play this Transgender movement has conquered American life. Activist teachers have converted classrooms into propaganda. Influencers are driving billions of social media impressions, and doctors are cutting up kids in the name of gender-affirming care. The story goes deeper than you might imagine, featuring rage-filled intellectuals, a trans billionaire benefactor, and large-scale medical experiments in a Detroit ghetto. This is the story of the transgender empire, how it came into being, and how it hopes to change the face of American society forever. In order to understand what's happening with the trans movement, we have to begin with a short history lesson. In the late 1980s, a group of writers, including Judith Butler, Gail Rubin, Sandy Stone, and Susan Stryker, established the disciplines of queer theory and transgender studies. They argued that gender was a social construct used to oppress racial and sexual minorities. They denounced the categories of man and woman as a false binary that upholds a system of heteronormativity, the white male heterosexual power structure. These writers made the case that these systems must be ruthlessly deconstructed and turned to dust. And the most visceral, dramatic way to achieve this is transgenderism. If a man can become woman, if a woman can become man, they believed, the entire structure of creation could be toppled. A trans movement manifesto is intended as a secular sermon that unabashedly advocates embracing a disruptive and refigurative genderqueer or transgender power as a spiritual resource. This is Susan Stryker, one of the founding theorists of the trans movement. In her best-known essay on performing transgender rage, Stryker argues that the transsexual body is a technological construction that represents a war against Western society. I am a transsexual, and therefore I am a monster, Stryker writes. And this body, Stryker says, is destined to channel its rage and revenge against the naturalized heterosexual order, against traditional family values, and against the hegemonic oppression of nature itself. There's something important to understand here. The transgender movement is inherently political, using the construction of personal identity to advance a collective political vision. Some trans activists even believe their movement represents the future of Marxism. In a collection of essays titled Transgender Marxism, Rosa Lee argues that trans people can serve as the new vanguard of the proletariat, promising to abolish heteronormativity in the same way that orthodox Marxism promised to abolish capitalism. Lee writes, in a different era, Marxists spoke of the construction of a new socialist man as a crucial task in the broader process of socialist construction. Today, in a time of both rising fascism and an emergent socialist movement, our challenge is transsexualizing our Marxism. We should think of the project of transition to communism in our time as including the transition to new communist selves, new ways of being and relating to one another. This is the great project of the transgender movement, to abolish the distinctions of man and woman, to transcend the limitations established by creation, to hitch the personal struggle of trans individuals to the political struggle of revolution. All of society must be reorganized to affirm their identities and, more importantly, their politics. So how did the trans movement suddenly move from the fringes to the center of public life? because they built one of the most sophisticated ideological pipelines in American politics. It begins with a flood of cash. In recent years, some of the wealthiest people in the country have spent enormous sums of money subsidizing the trans movement. Jennifer Pritzker is one of them. Pritzker, born James Pritzker in 1950, served a career in the United States military and inherited a sizable part of the Hyatt Hotel fortune. In 2013, Pritzker announced a male-to-female gender transition. The newspaper celebrated Pritzker as the first trans billionaire. And almost immediately, Pritzker began donating untold millions to universities, schools, hospitals, and activist organizations to promote queer theory and trans medical experiments. Meanwhile, Pritzker's cousin, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, signed legislation pushing radical gender theory in the state education curriculum and directing state Medicaid funds towards transgender surgeries. Here's Governor Pritzker speaking to an audience of trans activists. Tonight, I'm here to say that our state government is firmly on your side. We're going to make sure that all transgender Illinoisans are ensured their basic human rights and that health care services are provided to them so that they can thrive. Here's how the scheme works in practice. Pritzker-funded activists at Chicago's largest children's hospital provide local schools with training, materials, and personnel promoting child gender transitions, using the reputation of the hospital to provide their ideology with a scientific veneer. These are some of the materials. As I've uncovered through investigative reporting, the activists and teachers associated with Lurie Children's Hospital expose children not only to trans ideology, but to kink, BDSM, breast binders, and artificial penis packers. The goal, according to the Children's Hospital, is to disrupt entrenched norms in Western society and to guide vulnerable students towards transgender medicine as the cure. Meanwhile, trans activists flood social media with propaganda. The Chicago area detransitioner, Helena Kirshner, describes her transition experience this way. When I was 15, I was introduced to transgender ideology on social media and began to call myself non-binary. Over the next few years, I would continue to go deeper and deeper down the trans identity rabbit hole. And by the time I was 18, I saw myself as a trans man. The result is a sophisticated school to gender clinic pipeline. Teachers, counselors, doctors, and influencers, many of whom are governed or subsidized by members of the Pritzker family, all push kids towards the science and politics of transgenderism. Highland Park, Michigan, is one of the poorest and most miserable cities in America. It's nested within the city of Detroit and has been plagued by poverty, violence, crime, and death for decades. The city can't even afford to keep the streetlights on. 
But there is one institution in Highland Park that is overflowing with funds, the Ruth Ellis Center. The Ruth Ellis Center is Metro Detroit's central laboratory for the synthesis of transgender science and politics. The center's marketing pitch is an amalgam of all the fashionable left-wing buzzwords, trauma-informed care, restorative justice, harm reduction, racial equity, and gender-affirming care. The last one is the most significant. Each year, the Ellis Center and its partners conduct large-scale medical experiments on a population of predominantly black youth who've run the gauntlet of homeless shelters, foster care, juvenile hall, and the streets. Dr. Maureen Conley is a pediatrician at Henry Ford Health and leads the Ellis Center's medical partnerships, providing puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgical referrals to scores of Detroit kids. Transitioning is an umbrella term to describe the process that someone goes through to bring their external self more closely into alignment with their gender identity. Typically, that's masculinizing or feminizing medications or hormone therapy. People can also choose to pursue gender-affirming surgeries, which are surgical interventions to bring their body more closely in alignment with their gender identity. Keep in mind, these are not the white, affluent, educated, male-to-female trans individuals who are the public face of the movement. These are poor, black, traumatized youth from the furthest reaches of the Detroit ghetto. They suffer from enormously high rates of family breakdown, substance abuse, mental illness, and suicidal behavior. And they're told that gender transition, the latest promise of therapeutic liberalism, will solve all their problems. The most elite members of our society, affluent, highly educated, left-wing female doctors, are using the marvels of modern medicine to manufacture the ultimate oppression, the poor, black, trans woman. I think I might have been about eight years old when I remember having any thought of being transgender or gender non-conforming. It felt like I was an outsider to this whole world of America. On top of not being, you know, a European-American, I was black. The doctors at the Ellis Center have created the new face of the proletariat, the highest authority in the intersectional hierarchy, and they've embedded the revolution into the very biology of their patients. In 1818, the novelist Mary Shelley wrote a book titled Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus. The premise of the book is that modern science, stripped from the constraints of ethics and nature, will end up creating monsters. The trans-affirming doctors are the postmodern iteration of Dr. Victor Frankenstein. They promise salvation through transition, but end up creating disaster. I think what we're becoming very known for at OHSU is genital surgery, and um, a prime example of that is a procedure called phalloplasty, which is um, the creation of a penis. Dr. Blair Peters is a plastic surgeon who uses he-they pronouns and performs transgenital surgeries at the publicly funded Oregon Health and Science University. Peters specializes in phalloplasty, the creation of an artificial penis, and vaginoplasty, the creation of an artificial vagina. And we now have a robotic vaginoplasty program. Um, we have the highest volume on the West Coast. And this has been a kind of game changer for patient care as we're now able to provide um, two cases a day. In a single but the most revealing surgery performed by Dr. Peters and his colleagues is known as nullification. In this procedure, doctors perform a castration or a vaginectomy on the patient, then create a smooth, continuous skin covering from the abdomen to the groin, reducing the genitalia to nothing. This barbaric procedure is the perfect symbol for the ideology itself. Nullification is the pursuit of the Latin nullum, meaning nothing. And that is exactly where trans ideology ends. A profound nihilism that denies human nature and enables barbarism in the name of progress. Although this movement enjoys a certain measure of elite support, there is no doubt it will end in tragedy. Jennifer Pritzker, Maureen Connolly, and Blair Peters occupy the heights of power and prestige, but like Dr. Victor Frankenstein, they will learn a hard lesson. No matter how advanced their castration machines become, the trans activists and doctors cannot abolish the reality of man and woman. They cannot transcend the limitations of creation, and to the extent that they try, they will elicit the same heartbreak and alienation captured in the final scene of Mary Shelley's novel. The hulking monster, shunned by society and betrayed by his father, filled with suicidal despair, drifting off into the ice flows. A symbol of Promethean hubris meeting its final consequence. There it is, folks. There it is. The tranny agenda. Frankenstein reborn. It's powerful, isn't it? Put that in the chat. Watch it again. Watch it slow and understand and ask ourselves again, how did this movement become so powerful? This thing is so demonically charged. Can I tell you something? The churches are embracing it. John Lovin, come on in, John, then Lauren. Hey, thanks, Coach. Hi, everybody. Hey, uh, just thinking about that, I think about the accountability uh, of what eventual accountability of those people. Mm. Um, I just want to, I wanted wow. to backtrack a, a minute on what you had said earlier. Uh, Coach, you talk a lot about uh, being repetitive and the importance of being repetitive. I just want to read to you First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Now, brothers, I want, you, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on um, which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. Now, my point is going to be this. He goes on to explain the, the, the basics of the gospel again. And in the, in, in the first uh, Corinthians chapter 4, he said, for the same reason, he sent Timothy to remind you of the gospel. Now, now my point is this. 
you were talking earlier about pastors and and the irrelevance and they they have to they have to get up there every Sunday and give this cutting edge message this new revelatory message when Paul says listen all you got to do is remind them of the things which you've already told them Amen. that's the that's the importance of being repetitive and and I think that's where a lot of ministers and pastors miss it they think that every week they got to get up there with some new message when right. God is saying just remind them of the things which you have already taught them because just that is the most important thing amen yeah yeah yes Yes, because why? Because Christianity, for the most part, has lost its focus. Why? Evil men crept in, unaware, changed the truth of God into a lie, worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. And our churches are telling us how valuable and important we are, right? When the Bible says, die to yourself, you ain't nothing, man. You're just a bug. You're part of a, an army to expand the kingdom. We have flipped it totally upside down. Good catch, John. Lauren. Good morning. Morning. Um, just want to share just a couple of things. Since I live in Illinois and J.B. Pritzker is the governor of Illinois. Um, his sister, yeah. his sister is like the mother of transgenderism. Go ahead. Yeah, because he used to be a boy. Yes. If it's the one that I'm thinking of. Um, or, well, he is. A, it's a still guy. A boy. And he's still a boy. He's yeah. Still a so. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying at UIC, the medical building that Pritzker owns, the medical building at UIC, which is the University of Illinois, Chicago. They also own Pritzker Law. The building is at, North, is at Northwestern. So Pritzker Law. So they're, so they're, so they're literally, I mean, their name is being imprinted and, and being, the agenda is literally just on just every time a student walks in and out of a classroom. And, um, you know, and, and we, I live in this, this, and, and, and then on top of it, Pritzker, the Pritzker family owns, um, hotel, hotel chains and they mm -hmm. own um, a company in Tennessee where that's where they were, um, involved with the COVID vaccine. Well, it's all connected. Illinois, and right now, because J.B. Pritzker um, is in bed with China, um, th there's so much land in, in Illinois that J.B. that the Pritzker family owns, and probably in Tennessee and other states. And J.B. Pritzker lives in, in Florida most of the time, in Wisconsin all the time, even though he's the governor of Illinois. Amen. Amen. You know, but 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 I'm going to come back to this point. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper because God is exposing the lies and what's yes. happening in in the, you know, and yes. we're in a place in a morning huddle where we can get our head straight so that we can face the day Amen. to go play whatever game it is that we, we need to, to go play. And we have to learn to recognize truth from a lie. That that's let's see that's where the problem is, folks. Anybody can tell the difference from something that's clearly evil to and something clearly perfectly good. It's the gray area between good and evil. That's that's where we're losing the battle, right? Where you, where we substitute acceptance rather than repentance, right? We love them, we embrace them, right? Because God loves everybody. We don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to reject anybody, folks. That's that's you, you wouldn't live your own life like that. You wouldn't live your own life like that. Why do we? Well, the gospel's offensive, right? It's going to be, it's a smell of death to them. And we have to bring the sweet smelling aroma of the gospel. And the gospel has to start being preached. Amen. Instead of, Amen. instead of, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the Christian worldview, but the Jesus worldview. That's exactly right. Hey, Jonathan, real quickly. Mark Trump just texted me, said he can't get in trying to access it. I don't know what that means. Clay, come on in. Well, one thing that's really disturbing is the fact that they're pushing a false narrative, right? That God, that God is making mistakes. Yeah, that's they're right. Not, they're not telling truth. They're not telling them there's a serpent seed line, yep. and that there's been a, a disruption in the DNA that's causing you to uh, to yes. be like you are. They're telling these people God has made a mistake, and we can fix it for you. That's now, right. how are these people? going to come to know God or want to know God if they think God has made a mistake. Amen. 
Well, Clay, I think there's a lot of things that are worth there. The foods that we eat, the medications we take. There's a lot of things. Look, do I think anybody, any human being would choose to be born gay? Of course not. Of course not. What are the evil things that have caused this to happen? And all clear-thinking people would say, I'm sorry, that is an illness. You're a man, and you want to have sex with another man. That's an illness, folks. But you're not allowed to say that anymore, right? If, if, I, if I said I could fly and oh. wanted to jump off of a building, people would say, grab him. He's sick. He's delusional, right? But they have forced us to accept a delusion. It's, they're delusional. And we're supposed, to, we're supposed to call these deluded people by their pro, chosen pronoun, right? See, the problem's not them. The problem is us in this battle for truth. Rich Wallace, come on, then Roger. Roger, we lost Rich. Sorry, I... I, I there you are. Rich is in. Rich is in. Go ahead, Rich. Sorry, Coach. I had hit my hand there button and didn't realize it. Okay, cool. Roger. Come on, come on, Ali Ali Entry, Roger. Dave, you want me to Rick is there? Is he there? You're there, yeah. Dave, I have watched this. I, I'm in like uh, as my damn dog is barking in the background. Uh, we can't hear him. That's okay. <laughs> I'm in utter shock. I'm in utter shock from that video. It, it, it is unbelievable. I don't know what to say. Scripturally, I don't know what to say. Pagan-wise, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and I used to wake up years ago, you know, I thought, well, the next thing's going to be you can marry multiple partners. They're going to legalize that. And I used to think, oh, they're going to legalize sex with animals. That's the next thing. Never in my wildest dreams as a 63-year-old man now that I think that our culture was going to endorse this type of mutilation. Teach it to our children, Roger. Uh, they just skipped over the weird stuff I thought they were going to. That was nothing. Oh. They, they, you know, it. it is, I'm just like I said, See, it's unbelievable. Of, and most, uh, of us, most of us have been so programmed, Roger, that we are afraid or ashamed to even speak out against it. Our churches have told us that's not loving, right? Well, everybody on this queue and those that are listening near and far who claim the name of Christ have got to start speaking up in every avenue we are in on this. What is going to be next? What is going to be next? Hey, Roger, they're going to dig a hole, put me in that hole, and throw a bunch of dirt on top of it. And unfortunately, I won't be around to fight this fight anymore. So we have to make sure that we're training up those who are coming behind us to step into the battle in our place. We have what, always, all of us be looking for replacements, folks. Well, absolutely. And, and this Thanksgiving, when we're sitting around that turkey day, we don't need to be Bible bangers, but we have our entire family many times in front That's of right. us. That's right. And we need to boldly proclaim some things of what this household stands for. And are you with us? And, 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 and encourage those that are, that we are together on this as a family and then build from there. Cause like I Roger, said, I'm convinced, I'm, I'm convinced of this back, back when we were younger, Roger, they called it cross-dressing. Remember? Yeah, cross yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've never, I would never in my whole life, in my whole life ever imagined anybody ever teaching a child that was normal. I can't, I just, oh. for the life of me, just can't even believe that we're here. And our churches do not even yeah. oppose it. I, well, forget about the churches, but, you know, most of the studies I've read have said, you know, sometimes a little boy will, will want to play with dolls and so forth. But if you redirect professionally, it, it comes and it is gone. Um, what's happening now is, is is the actual supporting of it. And here we wow. have this issue and we have this issue one in Ohio. Yep. And you're you're an eight year old boy and you, you go to your nurse and, and you tell you and boy, she's going to help you become a girl. Amen. It's unbelievable. I mean, Dave, I, I'm like I said, what a video. What, by the, by what the lies. Way, the Pope just told us to embrace him, didn't he? 
didn't the Pope just tell us to embrace transgenderism? I think yeah, so. Yeah. That that's a but, oh, I won't say it. In the Catholic, Dave, but in the Catholic Church, I think the Pope is viewed as infallible. He sure is. You know, he that's sure how is. he is viewed as infallible. Word of God is coming from him. How can a man who's never had a sexual intimate relationship with a woman ever give anybody advice on marriage? Somebody explain that one to me. <laughs> Somebody explain that one to me. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I, Lord, I, Lord, Lord, forgive be a lot us. Better when they start letting priests have families then maybe we'll get some normal people in there anybody listen no normal man oh i'm making a mad i don't care no normal man will give up god wouldn't ask you to give up the reproductive uh aspect of your life in order to serve him he would never ask you to do that never be fruitful multiply replenish the earth it's one of the first commands he gave and then he tells priests don't do that come on well, Dave, he also then he, Dave, he also then tells us if you can't control that lust, go get married to a that's woman. A, a, oh my goodness, Jeff Klein, come on in. This is this is good. You don't get this anywhere, dude. This is something here. This shows something. Go, Jeff. Coach, all these things you're talking about here, we've been addressing these at the school board meetings. All this transgender crap, and I've asked the school board member. I said, if you really love, you teachers say you love these children. How can you do this to them? How can they? We've ripped them. Now I found out the other day, I don't know how many of you know it or not, but have any of you heard of the book, Conversations with God? Mm, yeah. New book yeah. is in the schools, they're saying. And it's just, it's putting a stamp of approval on all this transgender crap that God says it's okay. So now the kids are going to get to read out of this book. So I'm going to find out, and we're going to go back in the board meetings, find out these books are in there. Who's pushing it, Jeff? Who's pushing it? Who's pushing it? Hey, Christians, okay. how about we get some Christian stuff into the library? They're pushing theirs. Why don't we push ours? Oh, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be very loving. Huh? We have to be tolerant, diverse. We don't want to judge people. Unbelievable. Be better if you put a millstone around your neck, be thrown into the deepest part of the ocean, than to teach a little boy with your tax dollars that he can be a little girl. Coach. Jeff, come on in. Jeff, now. One more thing. I just yeah. think we got to stop. And I know, I understand when people say Bible beat them, Bible beat them, but we still got to share scripture with these young kids. That's right. That's so right. We can't just throw it out and say, well, just don't Bible beat them. Well, we got to. We got to Bible beat them. We got to Bible yeah. beat them. Amen. Yeah. That's because the churches and their youth groups don't teach kids scriptures. They teach them to draw pictures of giraffes going on the ark. Go ahead, Jeff. Amen. No. Yeah, I saw this article about a professor. I can't remember the college or university, but he's saying he's looking into having sex with animals. Uh-huh. Yeah, and when you hey, talk Jeff. to a Democrat, and, you, and they'll say, well, I can't believe that. Hey, Jeff. It's, it's next. Jeff, next, let me tell you something. Are you guys sitting down? Having sex with an animal, in my mind, is more normal than having sex with somebody of the same sex. Huh? Yeah. You want to chew on that one a bit? Right? Say, oh, I would never have sex with an animal. Would you have sex with a man? What's the difference? My goodness. Jack. Yeah, uh, Roger, you got to hug your local um, conspiracy theorist real hard because what, what you just said was um, in 2012, that's 11 years ago, the National Defense Authorization Act simply crossed out in the Uniform Code of Military Justice the, the um, restriction on bestiality. They crossed it out in 2012. And while we were screaming about that, everybody's going, be tolerant. Be tolerant. No, no, hey, no, so, no, no. So my my so, favorite book is Be Intolerant. So, Jack, my point was, in my mind, bestiality and homosexuality, there ain't no difference. That's the point that I was making. I wasn't exactly. justifying bestiology. Bestiality, huh? No. Be fruitful, mortal. Any sex that does not have the possibility of progeneration of a child being conceived, any sex beyond that is hedonistic, folks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And we were led exactly. into hedonistic Christianity with, don't make you mad, the invention of the 
birth control pill. And when the birth control pill was introduced, sex in the marriage went from the possibility of procreation, simply sex for enjoyment. Boom. We dropped the ball a long time ago. Got to run. See you tomorrow. Coach. Coach.